Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon, here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website. Head over to shrinkthink.com forward slash podcast, where we've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome again to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are excited to be here today. Again, as part of the brand spanking new, still shiny, I can barely look at it because it's so shiny, the Sightcraft Network. This is a network of podcasts that we just recently joined and became a part of that are a bunch of therapists out there and people that are promoting health and well-being, uh, self-care for the communities that they're in and, and really for all of their listeners. And between all of them, there are some fantastic podcasts that are doing Lots of things to help you with your health, your relationships, um, educationally, to grow your knowledge, your wisdom, your skill base. Uh, you just got to check it out. The Sightcraft Network is an amazing group that we are excited to be a part of. And so we will be uh, playing some ads from them and telling you more about them in the coming weeks. It's still kind of forming and developing, and we're kind of figuring out how we're going to work this thing. Um, but there's some exciting ideas and potential out there. So stay tuned. folks, Gordon Brewer here. And if you don't know me yet, I'm the person behind the Practice of Therapy podcast, which is part of the Sightcraft Network of Podcasts. And I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Aaron and Nathan and the Shrink Think podcast and the great work they are doing to help people in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Practice of Therapy podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join us as we explore the business and clinical sides of running a private practice. And be sure to check us out at practiceoftherapy.com for all the great resources and free webinars to help you in your own private practice journey. And today we are going to be talking about parenting. Yeah, this is one of those topics that a lot, well, it's, I should say it's controversial, it's provocative, because everybody's got their opinions. And in a certain sense, there's not really like one right way to do things. It's not like this is what you always do, right? Because it depends on who your kid is. It depends on what your values are and the things that are important to you as a family. But we're going to bust through all of that and tell you what to do anyway. No, just kidding. <laughs> we're going to really just be talking about like, what's the point of parenting? Because ultimately, if you get this one right, then a lot of other things will go well behind it. And conversely, if you get this one wrong or if you don't hit this one, you can have a lot of other achievements and goals for your kid. But if you don't get this one right, those other ones don't really mean anything, right? Like you can have the smartest kid on the planet, but <laughs> if he's like living on the side of the road or wandering and unable to hold or get a job, that intelligence goes nowhere, right? He's just a street performer. 
No offense to your street performers. We also want you to listen to our <laughs> podcast and leave us five stars on your wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> so I guess, Aaron, we probably need to apologize to the world <laughs> for not actually talking about this sooner. <laughs> Sorry, world. <laughs> probably all your problems would have been solved years ago had we just talked about this topic. And they had a time machine. <laughs> That's right. So here we are. We're going to be talking about the point of parenting. And quite simply, we're just going to define it as your job as a parent, if you've got kids, is to prepare your kids for adulthood. That's it. That is it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Have a great day. (laughs) Lots of (laughs) buildup. Let's unpack that. What does that even mean? Like when you talk about preparing for adulthood, I mean, what 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 do you think of when you say that? Yeah, I, well, and all that we're going to do is really tell you how you failed. Um, <laughs> I'm just right. kidding. That's what you're going to be hearing, <laughs> seriously. Right. But keep in mind, like, you're going to fail. You you are failing. And you're also doing a lot of things well that you don't realize. The um, Actually, they did a, out of, I think, the Bay Area years and years ago when the marriage and family therapy movement had kind of first started, there was a study that was done. And what they discovered, and it was a, it was a pretty long study, and they were able to kind of prove this, actually, that you really just have to be good enough um, as a parent. And they call it literally in the therapy world, good enough parenting. Because nobody's perfect, and you can get um, dramatic differences based on just being good enough or not parenting. And that's kind of the two sides of it. And for those of you who are perfectionists, you're screwed. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. it's never good enough. <laughs> that's true. Oh, my goodness. So the thing I want to also highlight is that choices, which is a lot of what we're going to be talking about, basically inside of all this, you know, it only really takes one or two choices to end up in a ditch, you know, type of a thing. And so and one of the things I've learned as a therapist is, I remember this one person that I had as a client. I would totally have sent people to this person, excuse me, to basically for her to, to help them to do a parenting class. She is, was great. And her kid went totally awry all, all of a sudden. And it was, it was all of a sudden. I mean, and I, and I knew the kid. I work with the kid a little bit. Good head on their shoulders. But there was a couple of decisions. And that was it, coupled with <laughs> there was a mental health crisis that ended up happening also that no one could have foretold. So my point of saying that is you can you can do a good job, and I don't want to be hopeless about this, and things can still go sideways. And so I want you to be encouraged a bit with that. Yeah, and on the other side, too, I think it's very, very true that you can do a lot of things wrong, and your kid can make choices or things can result in very good things happening. So it's really like it's only what I like to say is uh, remember in the classroom that there are teachers and that there are students. It's the teacher's job to teach, and then it's the student's job to learn. It's not the teacher's job to make sure that students learn, because if a student does not want to learn, they're going to learn nothing. So it's your job, if you're a parent, what we're saying is it's your job to teach, to do the things that you need to do, hoping that your kid is going to do the learning and Sometimes they will and sometimes they won't, but ultimately that's their choice. And you have to remember that at a certain point, they're their own person making their own choices, regardless of the environment and the the consequences or whatever that you're giving them. So with that said, in parenting, one of the very first things that we want to talk about, like, okay, you need to prepare them for, for adulthood. Like, what does that even mean? One of the things is as 
people, kids want to explore, right? It's there's this whole developmental process that's happening where kids are discovering their feet. Like, oh, I have feet. That's exciting. And then they're discovering like, oh, there are things over there and I can go get them. And then, oh, look there. What is this like brown, tasty, sweet thing? Chocolate, you know, let's have more of that. Or... Only that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really. Please. Oh, where has this been all my life? You mean all year? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, as they get older, they're just exploring, exploring, exploring. And part of that is they're exploring the environment but they're also exploring who they are in that environment. Right. So going back a little bit to uh, your metaphor or analogy earlier about the teacher, I mean, we've all had the teacher that is like, just stands up there and communicates information. And then you leave the class. That's it. You have the good teachers that are really interested in how their students might learn and then try to navigate. Like, I wonder if this student is understanding this or not. I need to kind of tailor what I'm doing to wherever they're at. That's the kind of parent you want to lean towards, right? So you want to try that. That means that you, your job is you're not just an information give, giver out or in a safety promoter. I mean, each of your children, if, especially if you have more than one, because then you would have each, uh, <laughs> they are different. They're, they don't need the same things from you. They don't, they don't explore their world the same way. And so therefore, it is actually okay to treat your children differently to some extent um, based on their personality. Like, for example, (laughs) um, I always said with my kids that with the oldest, he was much more of like um, he enjoys being in his room and reading, studying, you know, doing something in his own world. So punishment for him would be come out of your room and spend time with the family. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> to be around people. I don't have my own space. Torture. And then for my youngest, he is a, a very much an extrovert. And so for him, punishment could be go to your room and be by yourself, you know, take some time to think about what you've done sort of a thing. And that would be torture because it's like, you know, FOMO is hitting him. So it's okay based on your kids' needs to treat them a little bit differently. Right. And that, that's because, um, well, not just because, but it's part of the truth that life is not fair. If, if life were fair, we would all have the exact same things, right? And we don't. Um, we don't. You don't have the same shoes on that I have on right now. I'm sure of that. My shoes are awesome. Um, they are. They couldn't possibly. They're extra they're special shoes. And anyway, if my wife was listening to this, she would be like, you're wearing old man shoes. <laughs> Truly are. <laughs> and, and, in anyway, all fairness. Um, and all, exactly. That's great. That's good. That just happened. So when, what we really want, right, is we have an adult, is you want them to respect different people, right? And be okay with people being different and, them, and themselves being different. So when you are parenting, for example, siblings, and you are treating the other sibling differently, the, the, let's say you're g- treating Johnny one way and you're treating Sarah another. And I like to make them the same the same gender there. You're treating Johnny one way and then like Tom another, right? They know they're different. So when you say to them, like, like Tom's mad because of like something that happened with Johnny that you wouldn't have done that for me, like whatever. Yeah, you're not Johnny. Like that's you're, not happening. You're right. Exactly. Good job, Tom. You got it. <laughs> right. You're learning something about the world. Right. Which is that people are different and they, and they will end up with different consequences because they make different choices based on their differences as they go through life. Okay. So you just said something really important because um, it was a very simple statement. I'm sure a lot of people pick that up, but you actually 
then highlighted a couple of other things. You said choices and consequences. Um, and those are key things also, I think, that as parents, we need to make sure that we give our children. And it's not just give your children choices. I mean, that's true. You know, like uh, when you have littles, um, toddlers kind of a thing uh, where they can speak and they can walk around a little bit. Uh, you might say, do you want this for breakfast or do you want that for breakfast? And you're controlling the choices, but you're letting them know that they have a choice and that when they make a choice, that it means something, right? Because that's, again, part of exploring who they are and exploring the world is exploring that I can make a choice about things. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as they get older, you're giving them, you know, bigger choices, more choices. You're controlling the choices less and less and less. And you're seeing what is my kid going to do with the choices that are presented. So you want to give them choices or give them freedom to make choices and then see what are they doing with them? Why do they make these choices? Why do they make those choices? It's not just that you want your kid to always make the right choice, right? You want your kid to go through some experiences and to learn from making some wrong choices. So that means you want to give them freedom, a lot of freedom to make a lot of their own choices and then freedom to fail. That's a big one, I think, that is so difficult for parents because they take it personally. You know, they feel like, oh, no, it reflects poorly upon me, like I did something wrong. Or parents have a really hard time because you're too blended with your kid. And if your kid is hurting, you're like, oh, no, my heart bleeds for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I can't see you fail or hurt. It's like, well, your parent, you're, you're going to be in for a rough life because your kid is going to fail and needs to fail. Get used to it. It doesn't mean you have to like it. But you want to see what does little Johnny or Tommy or Sarah do when they fail. You know, you and you went through something really quick also, just like I did. And that simple thing is that you as a parent are letting them know that they have a choice. They that their behavior actually is a choice. So because if they're just doing something, um, they need to be this big word called responsible for it. They need to know that they're responsible for it. The only way they're going to know that is if you tell them, you know, in the beginning, because that's just it. I mean, so the way that you're providing safety, because you mentioned freedom, Aaron, like that's completely true. But the way that you're helping them be safe with their freedom is you're creating choices for them. You're letting them know about choices they have on a spectrum. You're just el eliminating or eliminating it. So, and then growing that over time. Right. right. And yeah. you're, yeah, you're basically, so you're, what you're doing is you're kind of filtering a lot, right? So with the, with your, like, I, I think of like kids clothes or whatever, you know, um, you want, you're trying to help your kid, like decide about whatever the clothes are, right? What do you want to wear? Too big of a choice. <laughs> That's way too large. I can't understand. We can never get out of the house. Like, well, okay. So you limit it, right? You can wear the red shirt or the blue shirt and these pants or those pants. So they don't walk out in shorts and a jacket, you know, and no shirt or anything like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although if they want that, that's totally fine. Right. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. So we're talking about giving them freedom and then making choices and then even communicating them to them that they're making choices. And, and when we were talking about this ahead of time, I was kind of stressing this point about making your kids aware that they're making choices. Because if you don't, ultimately, your kid might grow up thinking that things are just happening. They have no idea that they are impacting or influencing those things because nobody told them, hey, when you do this, this is the impact of it. Or when you do this, this is the result of that choice. 
And so that leads us to this other thing that you had said earlier, which is consequences. And there are kind of two versions of consequences out there. One is like a disciplinary consequence when you're like, okay, you did this, and so I'm going to punish you with a consequence. And then the other one is just a natural consequence, which is like, if I push your coffee mug off of the table, spill the consequence or the result of that action is a giant mess that I have to clean up. And that is an important thing for your kids to experience. So you want them to experience some consequences that you might give them for certain behaviors. It's like, oh, you made this choice and that was not a good choice. And so something needs to happen. Like I might need to limit your choices for a time and then give you another chance to make choices again to kind of prove like, did you learn from that choice? But then also you want to allow, this is the freedom thing. You want to allow life to teach consequences. So you want to give your freedom to make or your kid freedom to make choices and experience what does happen when you go outside in shorts and a coat with no shirt on. What happens? Or um, with older kids, you know, middle school and maybe even high school, if you decide you don't want to shower or you don't want to put on deodorant, what happens? Go ahead. Go right ahead. I bet they will come back uh, telling you about all the people that made fun of them for their B.O. <laughs> right. And then they're like. I didn't like that experience. I don't like people noticing how I smell and telling me about it and plugging their nose or whatever. It's like, great, that's a good natural consequence that tells the kid, well, if I want to be a part of social clubs or not have that negative experience, I need to make a different choice and change my behavior. Yeah, we did this actually uh, when our when our kids were younger with jackets. I don't want to put it on. You know, you're trying to fight with the kiddo with that. Like, no, okay, you don't want to wear it. That's fine. If it really is severely cold and they really do need a jacket, I would probably put the jacket in the back of the car and let them not wear the jacket. Um, but it's going to be there because, like, if you have to get out and go, they are realizing that they've made this huge mistake. Which is you a know. good thing, right? Because then they're like, oh, I did this and oh, I see the result of my choice now. Right. Then if then again, if the cold is severe enough, because what you're doing is you're you're still providing safety and structure, right? Because you still have the jacket. Now, in another scenario, if it's maybe not that cold, but you would wear a jacket, right? It's, it's not crazy cold is my point. You could be outside in it, but that is uncomfortable. I wouldn't bring the jacket. I would just be like, look at the temperature outside and go, okay, well, this will be interesting for them. Because depending on how long you're outside, how, how long is it going to take? And I know that overall they'll be safe, so I'm not going to worry about this. They're just going to have a interesting time. And this is one of those things where they might be uncomfortable, but you need to be okay with them being uncomfortable. You're not harming them, right? They're just cold. That's it. Uncomfortably cold. Right. And so, and notice how I'm saying this is as a parent, you are parenting because you are, are facilitating that structure behind the scenes type of a thing. Think of it when you go back, go, going back in time when your kids are really little, right? And they start learning to walk. You're not going to, you're going to hold on their, to their hand when you're walking down a sidewalk, you're not going to give them the choice to just randomly walk out on the road. You're controlling and making that whole situation very predictable. And life is not totally predictable in some ways though, right? So as the kids get older, they get more choices and you, you realize, well, that, I mean, they walk really well. They're not going to fall into the street now. And you've already been teaching them though, likely as you've been walking with, with their hand, even though they, when they're still building language, you know, like, oh, we look both ways before we cross the street. 
oh, look, there's a car going really fast. You're just informing and them. And there's a teaching component for yeah. sure. So they're, you're informing them and you're letting them know. And then later, it's just built into them, right? Because you've told them this. It's not, it's not unpredictable to them that when they're on a sidewalk and then there's a separation between the sidewalk and then there's a road and there's cars, none of that's unpredictable. They know. Um, they're not, they can't dominate that whole situation. But at any rate, that's what we're kind of talking about is like you're just putting bumpers on the bowling alley. A few years ago, I wrote a blog, um, and the Life Encounter blog, I wrote an article called um, Parenting Teenagers, I think is what it was called. Um, it's the most searched one on that, on that blog. So if you want to go there and check it out. But basically, when we're talking about consequences in parenting and the point, think of it like this. You are a resource to your kid, right? And you also are a consequence giver outer, all right? What will happen is when the kid's about 12, what I tell parents is generally, you are now, um, you are going to now trust the world for about 10% of those consequences. And you're, you're going to be, you're going to just be the resource for those 10%. You're not going to try to organize it. <clears throat> As they get older, by the time they're 18, they are over at 100% with the world consequences. And you are a resource for how they're going to navigate, meaning like a place for wisdom. They can ask you like, this is just what happened. I can't. I can't believe this happened. Like, wow, what are you going to do? And I would just expand that a little bit. I Typically, I think about it more like, and it's okay, we've got this difference. But I would say like at 18, they're still learning. You know, it's maybe more like 80% or whatever. Um, and then maybe to 21 or so, that's when they kind of get, walk fully into the 100%. But ultimately, what you're saying is you're allowing the world to do the teaching. And then you're just sort of like the, oh, what happened? The processor with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally that's I totally see what you're saying and I agree with you. I more more about it is the the reality is that what they have to be responsible for. Like what is it that they're you're you're trusting basically the parenting that you've already done. Yeah, because if you think about it as an adult, you've experienced so much more of the world, you know how the world works, and you're trying to impart this to your kid through all of the experiences that they have as a kid. So just as we close here, a couple of things. I know this is a very, very high level. We're covering a lot of ground. We're not really getting into too many of the specifics. Then maybe we will someday. But for starters, we just want to say there's kind of two categories here, two two main things we want to make sure that you get from this also, kind of like avoid this these pitfalls. On the one hand, you don't want to tell your kid that they're too extra special. You definitely want to tell them who they are. You know, these are the strengths and abilities that they have, and these are some of their downsides. But you don't want to just lather on the sweetness and the amazingness and the fawning over them, because what'll happen when, you know, little Susie goes out into the world and she discovers not everybody is telling her how wonderful she is, right? (laughs) Or little Johnny's like, well, I can do anything because my mom says whatever. And it's like, then your boss is like, "Uh, you didn't do this right. Can you redo this? And you're like, what? I'm not amazing. You know, you have the potential to develop like a little self-centered person. So you want to make sure that you tell them who they are, but also tell them who they're not, you know, some of their weaknesses or downsides so that they have a balanced view of themselves so that they can receive some uh, criticism in the world. Simple. Let them know that they are special to you. And you can even go as far as to let them know that they are not going to be special to some people. They're going to find out that some people don't think that they're special like you do. And that's fine. (laughs) And that's great, actually. On the other side, you don't want to just ignore them and tell them they're so awful and terrible because they're always making mistakes, right? Because that literally is what the point of childhood is. 
then you might develop somebody who just ultimately is a people pleaser. If they're afraid of you and just constantly looking to you to like, oh, I don't want to upset you, you know, then there's anxious people pleaser. Um, on the other side, you don't you want to be um, strict, but not too strict, because if you're too strict, then you're going to get somebody who is potentially just compliant. They just go along with whatever and they just kind of a yes man or yes ma'am. Um, and then ultimately, when they have some of their own freedom, they might start rebelling. Um, and you don't want that because you want them to actually internalize what they're doing and why they're doing it. And so on the other hand, you don't want to have you don't want to be too permissive, because if you are too permissive, then like we're talking about, they're not going to see that there are any consequences for their choices because they're always removed from the, those consequences. Right. And so with all of that, little campers, have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening.